Glasgow Conversations. Meet the people energising our culture today. Uh, hello and welcome to Glasgow Conversations. I'm Scott Dockerty, the Top 10 Glasgow Guide. Uh, a couple of days after the, the birthday of Charles Rennie McIntosh, it's great to say that I'm here today with um, Anne Mulhern, who's the owner of the Willow Tea Rooms in Glasgow. So thanks for talking to me today, Anne. Good morning. So... Do you want to tell me a wee bit about your background? Yeah, okay. Well, first of all, um, welcome to the Willow Tea Rooms. Thanks and just now we're sitting in the Room Deluxe in, yes. the, uh, in the Willow Tea Rooms. We are here in Sucky Hall Street. And if I take you a wee, back, a wee bit back in time, um, this was designed for Kate Cranston by Charles Rennie Mackintosh a way back in the early 1900s, 1902, 1903. Okay. Now, Hall Street at that time was just coming out of the Victorian era. The street was very dark and dismal. And Charles Rennie Mackintosh came along took out part of the building, which was, it was like a tenement block here, and put in a white checkerboard front, which looked so different from anything sure. that had ever, ever been in Glasgow. Now, this was, I think, Miss Cranston's jewel in her crown. She had worked with other architects. She'd worked with George Walton, another very famous young ar- architect in Glasgow. He'd worked in her, um, her Gill Street tea rooms, her Buchanan Street tea rooms and her Ingram Street tea rooms. So this this wasn't the first one that was set nope, up then? No, no, okay. no. <laughs> But what she did during that time, she brought Macintosh in and he did bits and pieces for her. He did furniture, he did some murals, um, lights and other buildings. Sure. But this is the first one that they had ever worked together. She gave him full carte blanche. Carte blanche yep. He did everything. He designed the building. He did the exterior, the interior. He worked with his wife. Margaret McDonald did the gesso panel that's in the room deluxe. Oh, right. She did the menu, the leading the rose, which we then encapsulated and used ourselves later on in time. He even designed the, the, the cutlery. Ah, he designed the waitresses' uniforms. I mean, so literally from top to bottom. Yeah, he he was a genius. Was that was that quite obviously? Um, he was an architect, but uh, to be given that carte blanche with, as you say, the uniforms and things yeah. like that, was that kind of strange? Or uh, well, I think unique? it must have been at that time. Again, you know, they say he was not only an architect; he was an artist, as you know, maybe from later on when doing his watercolors. So yes, no, he he dabbled quite a lot in this building. Sure. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Um, so, uh, how did your interest in the Willow Tea Rooms come about then? Well, um, I had friends that used to go to the Glasgow School of Art and I loved the Glasgow School of Art. Now, way back in the 90s, um, or the 80s I should say, this building um, was part of Daly's. Yes. So, what happened was the Tea Rooms closed in 1928 and it was taken over by another patron, a Mr Smith, who had tea rooms in Glasgow. Then he closed and it became part of Daly's department store. Right. And the room deluxe was actually the bridal salon. So it ran as a a bridal salon um, for years until the 80s when it closed down. And what happened then was Henderson, the jewellers, took over the building. Now, at that point, I used to walk past and look at it and think it was fantastic. <laughs> and I approached Mr. Henderson. Not just for the jewellery, and Not just for the jewellery, <laughs> but I just loved the building. And I approached him and asked could I open up a tea room. Now, the first time I went to see me chase me, he said, oh, don't 
be silly. And so I went away, and all I did was I, I went to the College of Food Technology in uh, Cathedral Street, and I did a 761, which was um, just a basic cookery course. Because right, okay. up yeah. until that time, I had worked in Wells, the cigarette factory, and I'd take my redundancy, and I was looking for something to do. And I loved, I loved cooking, I enjoyed all of that, so I went to... Um, to there, got my um, my feet in the door, as you would say, and I went back to Mr. Henderson again. And I said, "Look, this this would work. It'd be fantastic." So he sent me off and asked me to speak to the planners and see how they would feel about it. Okay. Now they bent over backwards. It is a difficult building. I was sharing a building with a jeweller's. We were both using the same door. Yep. There was no lifts. There was no toilets. It was. It must have been horrendous, but they were delighted. Okay. So we opened up in December '83. Um, we used a local furniture maker. Local has been in Stirling. Mm-hmm. Um, they looked. The the guy Keith Gentles looked at drawings and pictures. Did the chairs for me. So, way back then, I got a small business guaranteed loan with the Bank of Scotland. Was that a challenge, or was it? It, it, it wasn't, it wasn't. It was It was a challenge for me. It was terrifying for me that I was borrowing money to open up a tea room and not knowing whether I would ever get a customer or not. But I was proved that I was right in my, in my, my, my gut reaction that it would work. We, I bought a cappuccino machine because there was not anywhere in Glasgow at this side of the city that sold cappuccinos. Mm. You had the Warehouse Cafe in Glassford Street. Mm. You had Cafe Gondolfi in right. Albion Street, which thankfully that's still there. They sold cappuccinos, but you didn't get that up here. All you had really at that time in Sucky Hall Street was you had Trerons, um, then you had Arnott's. You had M&A Browns, so there wasn't really somewhere iconic yes. like the tea rooms. So Gamble did that, and then um, we opened up in December '83. With um, we invited the, the the Lord Provost at the time, who was Michael Kelly, and he came along to the opening, and the press came. Now I was just. I didn't know anybody in the city uh-huh, and just uh-huh. opened up and we were in the pe- in all the papers the next day with a picture which was amazing. It was fantastic. And do you think that, that um, the reason for that was mainly because you'd chosen to open a, a cafe based uh, on Macintosh's design rather than just certainly, a cafe? Yeah, certainly. I it think. wasn't the cappuccino maker. No, 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 no. <laughs> it, no, it was. When this building opened and Henderson came in and, and what was that, 79 I think they came in, it looked too posh. Glaswegians were not willing to come in through that door, whereas at that point I think we opened a tea room and there were, they could easily say, well I'm going upstairs for a cup of tea that let them come in to see the building. Because um, at that point, the, the, what we know now of the interest in Macintosh wasn't really there. It was students, maybe architects, people read about it in other cities and would come and see it, but it wasn't widely known, I don't think, at that point. Sure. Uh, I think, and I don't know if you speaking to other people, would say to you that when we had the Garden Festival, yep. Glasgow changed. That's right. You know, I remember, City of culture, I, uh-huh, I remember being in here and thinking, well, where are all these people coming from? <laughs> and we realised the Garden Festival were bringing people to there, but they were also wanting to see Glasgow. Yeah. So yeah. then that was at Glasgow's in the bat and things started changing. 
Uh Um, And then the other Macintosh buildings then were more accessible. People then were realising they were coming to actually visit other buildings. So we opened up here in December 83 with just this floor, nothing else. We used to have queues and we thought, oh, wouldn't it be good if we could expand? Yep. So at that point, Henderson and the Jewelers were on the, the mezzanine level downstairs and didn't really use it that much. So again, I went back to Mr Henderson and said, could I do? And I did it at exactly the same time as the Macintosh exhibition came to the McClellan Galleries. And when was that? And that was what? What was that? That was in '96. It was. So we opened up here, and we used to look out the window and see the queue go round the corner at McClellan Galleries, (laughs) and we thought, "Oh my gosh, they might come here after (laughs) that." That's right. And they did. So we were very, very lucky. Then things did really change, and Macintosh was used by the city, I think, a lot more after that. They began to appreciate what we had, just like Gaudi in Barcelona, just like Frank Lloyd Wright in Chicago. We started using Macintosh um, to the same, which was sure. great. Which makes you almost a, a pioneer, really. You, you get in before all that. Well, I, 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 I wouldn't say that, <laughs> but you know, it was a good time to start and then to see the changes. You know, that but it's interesting, you, you, yourself, obviously, you're not coming from a a design background, you, you, you obviously no. you're saying that you uh, knew quite a, a lot of people from the Glasgow School of Art and so on, uh-huh. but you come across as a typical Glaswegian, yeah. um, <laughs> and you know it's just amazing to see how much of an influence Macintosh has had on you. Oh gosh! Yeah. Even though back then it wasn't much of a mm-hmm, a, an influence mm-hmm. citywide. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, again, you know, House for an Art Lover came on years mm-hmm. after that, um, and again the purists would say, well, Macintosh didn't build it, but he did design it. It was there, and it's fantastic that that's opened, and you know. Bella Houston Park has even come on since House for a Nat Lover, all the all gardens that are there and so much more else that you can see. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Um, and again, we kind of thought quite quickly that into the 90s, after we opened up downstairs, we should maybe have another tea room. Yep. And we went after not the building that the Buchanan Street tea room is in, but actually right next door to it, a building came on the market and we looked at that. And we opened that in 1997. What was it that made you think you should open up a, a well, second one? We were quite vulnerable that we were here. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, this is not the shopping street, Buchanan Street's the shopping street in Glasgow. And we thought we could maybe hit the shoppers there, get the tourists here. Which has, has actually been the way that it worked out. As much as yep. we still get tourists down there and we get shoppers in here, that seems to be um, definitely the uh-huh. way that the, the flow goes. You wonder whether that's the same thought process that Miss Cranston had when she you was wonder. opening up the. I know, I know. I mean, she was so clever because if you go back to this building, she had two tea rooms downstairs. She had the front salon, she had the back salon. You come upstairs and you were in the, the mezzanine. Then you come up here and you're in the room deluxe. Now, this is the jewel in the crown. This is the room. And if I can talk about this room, and I know I'm jumping maybe, but... Not at all. This was the ladies' room. And Miss Cranston put 54 stained glass mirrors around the room. And she paid a pound each for each of these mirrors. Now, that must have been a lot of money way back, you know, 1902. 
And what she did was she charged a penny extra in this room for a cup of tea. And she said that was to recoup mm-hmm. the money that she'd spent in it. But this, this room is just gorgeous. It's lilac and silver. And it is a lady's colour, you know. It is very, very nice. You also have the doors that come into this room. Now, they are original doors. They, when I came in in 83, they were insured for three quarters of a million pounds. Now, what their value is now would be probably... Oh, I can add plenty of notes on That's the right. end of that. But um, they, was it not... Um, were there not replica doors there for a while as well? There was, because part of the, the exhibition that started in McClellan doors went over there and then they went round America, they went to the, the Metropolitan New York, they went to Chicago um, and then they eventually came back and then we didn't get our doors back <laughs> the council had um, obviously thought these are too valuable to go back in but we, we fought for a number of years to get our doors back and we eventually did and we got them back um, for doors open day Maybe Quite appropriate. Uh, very appropriate. <laughs> about four years ago. Uh-huh. Um, and they, they're back in situ. Unfortunately, they're now sheeted with perspex on each side, yes. so you can't touch them. They can't be damaged. Um, we do have a set of replica doors upst- that, that were there upstairs in the billiard room where we have an exhibition on, and people at least can go up there, take pictures, actually see... Um, how they were designed sure. and, and how they worked. So that that's quite good. Uh-huh, uh-huh. So you don't see people being tentative opening and closing the doors? Oh, of course, no. <laughs> no, 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 no. Um, and it is, it's a shame, but I think it is practical to you know to do that with uh-huh. them. So as I say, that, that's this room, and then upstairs was the billiard room, and that's where men used, the, the gentlemen used to go to. And that um, now doesn't have anything in the room um, that was there originally. Okay. But there was billiard tables. She had smoking tables, domino tables. She gave the men telephones to use. Mm-hmm. There was newspapers up there. Now, that, that is, that's somebody who's way ahead of her time. Yeah. You know, they started doing that here maybe, you know, in the 80s, putting out papers and maybe if you went into... Um, Nico's or something, you get in there in the morning for a coffee, and which a lot of maybe businessmen you know, did and do. But this was something that she did a wee way back then. It, but that was, was it, it wasn't a private members club or anything no, like that, no, it was open it was, to the public. Look, again, Miss Cranston was from a family of, of, that were for the temperance movement. Her father had to tell us in George Square. Her brother, um, Stuart was a tea merchant and he was he is said to have been the person that started tea rooms all over the world they started here first he took a kettle in he let people try the tea he could see what was happening he then put in a couple of tables and chairs offered cakes and And that's how that's how it started Kate Cranston again thought Mm, let's you know, let's go on to this bandwagon. She started doing exactly the same, but again, started bringing in young artists. And when you look at pictures of Miss Cranston, she was very small, very old-fashioned. She wore dresses like her mother would have worn years and years before. So she was old-fashioned in her dress, but absolutely not 
in her tea rooms. Yeah, yeah. You know, the, they time. were picked up in, by the press all over the world. Mm-hmm. You know, um, it's interesting to to hear about. Uh, I mean, obviously times have changed, but a woman running a business back yeah, then. Yeah, I mean, she didn't get married until she was in her forties. She married um, was it Josh Cochran, and he had um, he was a, he had a foundry out in um, Barhead. And at that time, when women married, they didn't work. They, they left their work. But no, not Miss Cranston. She kept working. And she kept her name as, you know, Missy Cranston. And when she was in the telephone directory, she was in under Missy Cranston. So she actually... No, she was in as C. Uh So she... Because at that time, when you were a woman, you were below men... <laughs> Which was unbelievable. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so you know that's she. She was very, very clever. Uh-huh. Very clever. So in setting up um, the the recreation of the the Willow Tea Rooms, mm-hmm. as a woman, do you feel the the same kind of challenges that she might have faced, or something similar? I don't think so. I know speaking to different people. Um, and I, even up until when we were doing Buchanan Street, the architect used to speak to my husband. And my husband, at that point, he's now a retired um, policeman, but he was a policeman, and they would talk. You know, a lot of people would talk to him, mm-hmm. and not talk to me. And I go, no, no, it's me. <laughs> it's me. <laughs> but no, I, I don't find that difficult. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think, I think it's changed. I think a lot has changed, and women can open, in, you know, mm-hmm. their own businesses and be treated, you know, equally now. Yeah. And talking about pioneers, I mean, you, you can see obviously how Miss Cranston would have inspired a lot of women of to do exactly yes. the same. She must have. Uh-huh. I, I, I would think so. Yeah. Uh-huh. Paperback and Kindle editions of Scott Doherty's best-selling Glasgow travel guide, We Glasgow, are available on Amazon today. Follow Scott on Facebook or see his Twitter feed at Top Ten Glasgow for more. So, um, the rest of this building? Well, um, two years ago, Henderson the Jewellers left the building. Um, unfortunately, they went out of business. They, they had 28 shops in, in Scotland. And just things have changed in the marketplace. Now, at that point, we thought we might have to close down because our lease was with them uh, and right, not uh-huh, the people uh-huh. who owned the building. But fortunately, um, we got able to stay on and we opened up on the ground floor. And the change even in that, giving us a street presence, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. being on the street, people used to phone and say, where are you in Sucky Hall Street? <laughs> Whereas now we have this sign outside saying the Willow Tea Rooms and Gift Shops, so people come in. So we now have the whole building. At the front part of the building, um, we sell, you know, we, we've got, Macintosh ranges of jewellery and, and, and different bits and pieces, um, some of our own designs and some that we, we, we buy in from other people. At the back part of the salon, we have opened up a fireplace that was boarded up for years that nobody got to see, which was crazy. Had you known that that was there before? We or? knew it was uh-huh. there, but it was all boarded up and right. Henderson the Jewellers didn't take the boarding down they didn't see the benefit whereas if a tourist or someone who's really interested in Macintosh comes in it just draws them up to the back of the shop so just now we've got a small exhibition down there called Unbuilt Macintosh and it's 
glass cases with buildings that Macintosh had designed but had never been built. And there's also a small exhibition down there with Bruce Hamilton's chairs. He is a local Glasgow um, furniture maker who makes a lot of replica chairs for here. He works with the art school, House for a Nat Lover, as well as doing private commissions. Sure. So we have that downstairs. Um, and to have the benefit now of being able to open when we want and close when we want is, is fantastic. That's right. Um, again, we have now the use of the billiard room, and again we have um, an exhibition running up there, and that is part of a Pamela Robertson from the Hunterian University put together a fantastic exhibition of Macintosh, um, and we were one tiny small part of that, and that was making of making willow tea rooms. Right, uh-huh. So up there we've got job books, and we've got um, a list of suppliers and people who worked in the building, how much things cost, old photographs of the street and different people um, from the building. Sure. So it's so And nice. is that permanent er- Yes, it is. Yes, yes uh-huh. 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 We put it on last year, and, you know, the, the interest in it is, is fantastic. Mm. And coming up for Father's Day, we've got um, a talk that Sylvia is doing for us, and it's on um, the temperance movement. And we do what we do quite a lot is like a tea talking tour. So you can come in, you can have a tea in scone or a tea in a meringue. Yep. Um, and Sylvia will give a talk and a wee tour of the building. Um, again, we're doing that in do- at Doors Open Day. Um, when is that? And um, Doors Open Day is in September. It's sort of a I think it's in the middle of September, it's not the last weekend in September. Um, and again, to be part of Doors Open Day in Glasgow is really good. Yeah. Um, it's a really vibrant time in the city. Um, we're trying to do a thing this year to involve children in it, because children do get Macintosh in their school, yes, in, the, uh-huh. in the curriculum. I think it's P2s do it. Um, so we're giving them a competition to come in and draw something in the building and then we'll do a, a prize draw and they'll win an afternoon tea oh, yeah. and they can bring the family in for afternoon tea. Uh-huh, uh-huh. And are you doing that? I understand you're also uh, part of, uh, in fact, chair of Glasgow's leading attraction. Is, is that? Yes. Uh, um, that's a thing that was started up maybe about 15 years ago and that's it was Glasgow um, tourism places attractions that a few of us were small that we couldn't really do big things so we all there was 19 of us at that time and we all started working together um, and it was really for expo that year the visit Scotland do an expo every year and we were able to afford to take a stand and we got a leaflet and since then it's, it has grown arms and legs it's fantastic we um we have now got we've got Glengoy the the distillery we've got sea life down in Loch Lomond and two years ago we had rock approached us to ask us to join now that's quite that's a big brand yeah (laughs) and that was nice that they in fact our last meeting was at hard rock um so we meet once a month and we discuss different things that are going on um, we work very, very closely with um, Visit Scotland and GCMB, and we're also part of the Scottish Tourism Alliance. So together we've got a voice, whereas if it was individually we wouldn't have That's that right. voice. Uh-huh. Um, we have a website, and what we do is, on the website and on a leaflet we give 
a genuine discount. Some people do a two for one, some people do um, <clears throat> 10%, 20% off, off bills. Sure. Um, and that, that, that's, that proves to be a success. Um, and I cal- I collate the um, the visitor numbers that uh, the visitors that hand in the the, the voucher redemptions. Right. Um, and you know, again, we stop for the summer because we're all we're too busy. But then we pick back up again in September. We're having a meeting for a strategy for next year. So it's actually it's very exciting. Sure. And um, what we do, which is really good, is we go round each of the attractions. For our meetings, so somebody will host it, someone will um, do the minutes, so we get to see all the attractions, we know, you know, you're looking at the person that if you wanted to know an answer about something, they're there in front of you, uh-huh. it, it's like, it is great. And it han- it, I suppose it enhances the idea that it's not just about your business, that you're you're trying to um, join with other businesses to improve uh-huh. the image of Glasgow, I yeah, suppose. Yeah. Uh-huh, yeah. Uh, you know, and I think we've got, like, the, you know, the founder members, and we've got the science centre. The art school was part of it. Ourselves, House for an Art Lover. Um, we've got two tour companies. We've got Timber Bush and Rabies, who go out and go around Scotland. Yeah, you always see the buses. Uh, yes, uh, you know, so th- they see value in it as well. These are these are companies that have started in Edinburgh but have branched through to Glasgow as well. Sure. We've got the city sightseeing bus. Now they by far get most of the visitors um, but then they also highlight people that are in Glasgow leading attractions so you know, it's a win-win for us yeah, all. It's less a competition than it's yes, more. Yes, there's no yeah. competition which is really nice and people I think maybe years ago thought it was competition but it's not and it's nice working with, with like-minded people. Uh-huh. And the amount of uh, hats that you wear, you're also in the, the Glasgow Macintosh group as well? Yes, well that, that, is, that is an important group. Um, that was a group that started out many years ago with just the creators of the buildings that used to meet. And it's now got a slightly different hat. Curators are still there, but also the marketing people from um, the attractions are part of the group. We started maybe about four years ago doing a Macintosh Festival in October every year, which is which proved to be successful is outside of the kind of tourist time, so it's in the kind of shoulder months when we hope to attract people to Glasgow to come and sure. see what's going on. All the diff- all the venues all do something different. Um, we are doing the launch here on, of an afternoon tea on the first of October. Then it kicks in for the whole month that we're doing different things and all. What kind of things buildings. are you doing? Well, we have an artist in residence coming in this year, um, who's going to be based downstairs in the ground floor. Um, plus, we'll be doing other things all through. We'll be doing tea talks and tours. And the interest with locals as well is there, and it's maybe people that have never been in before. They'll sure. come in as well as visitors to the city. It's amazing the amount of things you're doing, and at the same time, you're also recently opened up in Loch Lomond as well. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Crazy, crazy. How do you find the time? <laughs> um, well, our days start earlier and our nights go on a bit yeah. longer. Um, we were asked. Um, by Loch Lomond Shores to do a pop-up tea room um, over Easter weekend down in Loch Lomond. 
And we thought, hmm. So we went down and we had a look. And we thought, yeah, we'll try it and we'll see what it's like. And it is an amazing building. You're overlooking the lock at one side and you have the trees from the you know the, the, the forest right beside you That's on the right. other side. We've got tree zone that have come in there, so you see them going through the trees. Um, great big glass building. Now Macintosh was all about light, and if you see watercolours, it's all about the plants and flowers. So it is a lovely place to be. Um, again, open down there seven days a week. Mm-hmm. Um, and were you? Did it fall on you to effectively design what it would look like? Well, what we had was we did a pop up um, tea room downstairs during the Commonwealth Games last year. So we had that furniture, which was amazing that we could just take that and put it in. Sure. And again, so and it wasn't like starting from scratch. So we had that. So we did a few different changes to the building. We've got. Um, again, we've, we, we do a part of our shop is there as well. We have a windy hill chair that Bruce Hamilton did for Glasgow Airport a number of years ago through one of the Macintosh incentives that we were doing. So we've got that there, and we've got other pieces of Bruce's chairs like on plinths that people can walk about and see. So we've kind of a, did it in two halves, and sure. it, it, it's, it's it's lovely. Again, in a day like this, which is shining, the sun's <laughs> lovely, it's really good. When it's not, it's when you see the rain pouring Battering down the windows, the windows it's, it's <laughs> not such a delight. But hopefully it'll be a nice summer, we're there until October. Mm-hmm. Um, so. And do you find that it's there been, is it more, mostly tourists that come here, or is it... A mix between them? It, it is a mix. There's a lot of local people down there, local people who said, oh, we used to come up to Glasgow, we don't get up as much, this is great that you're here. And there is, you know, Stirling's a catchment area for local resources as well. It's not just, you know, Dumbarton and Alexandria and whatever, where there is a lot of people who live down there. But they also have, I mean, local Shores got over a million visitors a year going down there. They have buses. In fact, last week we were having a nice, quiet Wednesday morning, and two buses come in. And it was like, oh. <laughs> unannounced, eh? uh, and it is unannounced. <laughs> That's <laughs> the thing. They they don't tell you they're coming. That's they don't have to tell you they're coming. Um, so that that was a that was a fraught couple of hours trying to get everybody um, in and out again. Yeah. But it, uh-huh. it, it will come with its challenges. But it's really nice, and I think. Um, the reception we've had from the shops that are there and from the people that are there is really, really good. Brilliant, brilliant. And uh, coming back into um, where we are t- yes. at the moment, um, you also, it's, it's not just about Macintosh, I think um, you also focus a wee bit on Glasgow Girls. Yes, we, a couple of years ago, we started doing a lot of our own products, like we do a Glasgow Girl bag, we do... Lady and Rose, which we take from the menu, we've put that onto different. We put it onto like aprons and different things. We've got um, a small pr- um, print from a, a musical review that we started doing things with that. So we started develop, developing products. So we called it the Glasgow Girls. Yep. Which was a nice handle for that. Um, for people that don't know about the, the Glasgow Girls? Well, the Glasgow Girls originated in Glasgow. Margaret MacDonald, who was Charles Rennie Macintosh's wife, was part of the Glasgow Girls. There was Anne French, there was Jessie M. King, and again, we do some Jessie M. King books and prints. So 
there's a small connection there with classical yeah. girls. It was part of the, the art school scene at, uh, way back in the early 1900s, so it has connections. Uh-huh. Um, uh, so that that is that's a really our merchandise range it was underneath the Glasgow girls. Sure, uh-huh, uh-huh. and you can also uh, I mean talk, talking about um, going back to how you started out and uh, learning how to cook and that kind of idea. You've also got Anne's Kitchen. Yes, we we've just redeveloped our website, which is I've got to say a lovely website that Tangent put together for us, and they worked really really closely with us um, and. They said, they said that they thought I should put on some of the recipes that we do. Um, and people do ask if they come in and if they have the Cullen Skink. Uh, what's Cullen Skink? What's Cullen? Um, well, and then you explain it to them and what's, you know, different Scottish things that we do. And people say, well, can we have the recipe? So we have printed off recipes for customers over the years. So we decided to put a section on the website, Anne's Kitchen, and showing people... Um, different recipes that we do STV Glasgow came in uh, a number of years ago and filmed me doing things like pancakes and clitty dumpling so we put that on as well just to see if people would be interested in that Uh uh Um, that's right, brilliant and and it's worked, it's really good we've had a good feedback from people saying Uh they've been onto the website and they've made you know some things from the recipes. Uh, and again, is this a mix of you know Glaswegians, but also tourists oh, as well? Tourists as well, well yes, yeah. tourists as well. Uh-huh, which, uh-huh. which is even people that have maybe lived in Glasgow or Scotland, mm-hmm. and they're now somewhere else, and they've been oh, I've just found the recipe. There's, well, board. exactly. There's new generation of people that don't even know what clay dumpling is. Exactly, <laughs> and trying to explain that to some people, you think, well, it's a Fruit. Yeah. Well, okay, <laughs> and you know it is quite easy to me. Uh-huh, uh-huh. If I can do it, it's easy. So That's right. It is. I mean, but everything that you do here, there, there's uh, you know you're, you're promoting culture uh, and the, the the history of Glasgow as well. Mm-hmm. And how important do you think that is, and, and what role do you think Macintosh plays in all of that? Oh, Macintosh is out front. I, I'm sure, and part of us as Glasgow Macintosh. We have gone to Barcelona and looked to see what Gaudi did for Barcelona, what Barcelona did for Gaudi, and we also um, went over to Chicago and looked at Frank Lloyd Wright and again what the city did for Frank Lloyd Wright and what he did for the city. So we then, as Macintosh, came back and looked at what are we doing for the city and I think one of the big things, putting a festival on every year, it, you know, it keeps him alive in Glasgow, lets people know, you know, he's still here and lets visitors come to see. And I'm sure Visit Scotland use him and a, a lot of their promotional um, materials and so does Glasgow City Marketing Bureau. They use, you know, the font, they use a lot of things to do with Macintosh to bring visitors to the city. And when there's conferences on... Sometimes, you know, there's people that are not maybe part of the conference but are there with others. They're out in the city and they're wanting something to do. Sure. So I think it's great that we can promote Macintosh. And it's a lovely city, you know. We've got so many festivals that happen all through the year, you know, starting in January. You know, you've got the Jazz Festival, the Comedy Festival, and there's probably the other ones. Festival the West End as well. Festival, <laughs> I know. But the people don't just stay in the West End. They do come into other parts of the city mm-hmm. as well. 
and as you said, um, we've obviously got the tour as well between the, the various buildings. Yes. So, um, you know, if, if people are out in the West End, uh, uh-huh. they will mm-hmm. eventually filter through here yeah, as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh-huh. yeah. So, and again, you know, you've got the um, you've got the pass that you can buy with SPT. You can take the transport going round the city. You get into different places. I because I'm free entry. What I'll do is I'll give a discount. So anywhere that you're not having to pay, yeah. you will get a discount That's right. as well. You know, and a part, well, part of Glasgow museums as well because if you go to Kelvin Grove, you will see our original the original gesso panel by Margaret MacDonald is in Kelvin Grove. You've got original um, the Blue Room tea rooms, which is what we have down in Buchanan Street. Um, they have original furniture there, so you can go to you know you can go to Glasgow museums and see Macintosh. You've got Scotland Street School over the other side of the city, which again is a Macintosh building. It's a museum of education, but it's also steeped in Macintosh as well. Well, it's been great to, to listen to you this morning. And it's Thank you. quite amazing to. I mean, I don't know whether it's just the the tea room atmosphere that calms you, given. <laughs> all the things that you're doing <laughs> at the same time but um, as I say thanks for your time today I'm going to finish my tea and spend the rest of the, uh, the afternoon just looking at the, the rest of the building it's, uh, so thanks again thank you very much, nice to talk to you and you've been listening to Glasgow Conversations you've been listening to Glasgow Conversations for more interviews subscribe on iTunes and visit the Top 10 Glasgow Guide